This is Strange Assembly episode 197, Three Awesome Games. I'm Chris S., and here with me today is... My show Chris notes say Chris S. That doesn't okay. make any sense. Can't do that. No. Who 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 are you again? Who's this other uh, Chris S. on my show? Uh, this is Chris Sink. Chris Sink? Oh, I'm Chris oh. Stevenson. I see. That's the... That explains it all. There you go. You guys out there in Audio World should come to one of our game sessions sometime where there's a Chris S, another Chris S, a Chris Z, there's a, a Josh Stevenson, and then there could be two different Matt S's as well. Like, we can have a heck of a six-player game as far as confusion goes. Yeah, there, there's no abbreviations when uh, we're talking about uh, who's playing in the group. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, yes, I, I'm Chris Stevenson, that's Chris Sink, this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes. But like the title says, we are here today to talk about three games. I think they're all three awesome games. And those three games are Mansions of Madness, Terraforming Mars, and Valley of the Kings Last Rites. So before I jump in to Mansions of Madness, Chris, this is your first appearance, your rookie appearance on the the podcast. Is there anything you want to say? Hello, mom, or well, I, well, I don't think my mom even knows what a podcast is, so <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any of that happening. No. A- and if she did, I don't know if you'd really want to advertise that this is the one you're on. <laughs> I don't know. She might. You know, it, it is mom. I'm so happy for you, Chris, honey. That's exactly what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition from Fantasy Flight Games came out at Gen Con this year, simultaneous release in in retail stores. And if you've played Mansions of Madness 1st Edition, it's the same general concept. You've got a group of investigators, right? This is the Arkham Horror Files, I guess, is what they've branded all their Cthulhu Mythos stuff now. So it's right. an Arkham Horror Files game. So you're like the Cthulhu Mythos investigators in the 1920s looking into whatever. What exactly you're looking for is going to vary from scenario to scenario. Your introductory thing, you are going into a mansion. you know. And game starts you out with a scenario. You have like a one-paragraph syllabus before you start the scenario, but that's really all you know. And then it throws you into in there, and your investigators go around, they look for clues, they, they maybe they talk to people, they try to solve puzzles, and then they probably go insane and lose, but every once in a while you actually figure out what's going on and defeat the bad guys. What makes second edition different from first edition is that in first edition there always had to be one player who was a game master of sorts. They had to have the campaign book, they had to set up the map for everybody else to explore, they had to move the monsters, and so on and so forth. That is gone, and well gone, good riddance, in 2nd edition, because there is now an app. And the app contains the scenario, the app tells you how to set everything up, so you can start the scenario in, you know, the lobby of the building, and then... You have points of interest in the rooms that you can see, and then you've got explore tokens, mostly on doors, and you can go over there and you'll open the door, and then the app will tell you, okay, this is the room that you put now. You have these nice big thick tiles to drop down in there. 
it's got all this it's it's got ambient music it's got you know all these specific descriptions of what's going on when you you know you go to the mythos phase and something's bad happened it, you, you know you get an individualized sort of description of of you know what eternal void you're staring into that may drive you insane it may call out specific investigators you know Rita Young this happens to you or it may say if there are any investigators in the library or if there are any investigators outside then you know this yawning chasm opens up if there's anybody outside it affects them if not eh, you get lucky that round but it's fantastic I guess like I wish there were more scenarios which they will come out with you know have we got around to that last one yet yeah the the longer one no, I have not had the chance. Yeah, I I actually would like. So there's there's a the yeah, the introductory scenario is difficulty two. Then there's a super long like four to six hour long. Yeah. Difficulty three scenario, and then the other ones are fours or fives. What I would actually like is more threes that that are not that long. Now you can save. You don't get a bunch of save game slots in the app, but on your app you can save in the middle of a game and then resume later so there is the possibility of that but that's not really the same as playing through it all in one session right there's already multiple expansions out for this effectively if you have mansions of madness first edition the first edition product is semi-compatible with the second edition what you can do is all the investigators and all of the monsters and all of the tiles from your first edition things you can bring over into second edition and you're bringing the figures and the tiles those physically come from your first edition product but then the second edition in the box comes with new investigator cards for all the investigators and it comes with new tokens for all the monsters to slot into the bases so you use the same figure it's just got different statistics and abilities if, if applicable and then there are also these figure and figure and tile collections that you can buy that are just the tiles and the figures from those first edition products so i i have mansions of badness just first edition just the base game so i've got that added into my second edition i don't have i did not have any of the expansions for first edition so i'm going to have to go get the i think suppressed memories tile and figure collection now do you think you need to have the first edition or are you okay if you just have the second you're okay if you just have the second in my playing so far it has not added a lot in so each of the each of the scenarios has there's variability but there's a sort of core plot and certain core locations that are going to show up when you play the scenario. You know, there's always going to be the place that you find that has the bad guy hidden in it, and there's, you know, always going to be something right at the beginning where you have your initial jump into the scenario. Then that's going to be the, when at least the ones that I've done so far, that's been kind of the very first encounter has been the same each time. Okay. And so what those tile and figure collections do is add in some more variable random monsters. You know, you might have a, I think the witch was in first edition. And so, you know, you might have a witch show up or a maniac or, you know, it changes some of the monsters. 
Hiles have hardly shown up so far in the second edition missions. Now, something you do get as a bonus, I guess it is, if you have the first edition or if you bought the figure and tile collection, is you get a new scenario. Mm. That scenario, you have to have the the old stuff or the figure and tile collection. And if anyway, if you don't, you you just will not have the components you need. And they they just announced the first normal expansions from second edition, and it's the same thing, right? You're going to, which makes total sense, right? It's, there's going to be a new scenario added to the app that requires you to have that expansion because, right, they want you to go out and buy the expansion. Duh. I, right, that's, right. that's how these things work. Uh, you know, so you, you don't you don't get a lot of scenarios. There's, what, four scenarios? And there's replayability, but it's not the same. I mean, it's definitely, I say definitely, I don't know. To me, it's, it's fun second and subsequent go-throughs on the same scenario, but not amazing. Like, it is amazing the first time you go through. You go through the same scenario again. You Like I said you, you earlier, you already have the beats of the story, so you're not getting that, that new thing. Now, you're probably going to have to play through the same scenario multiple times to be able to beat it. That also adds an element of kind of exploit. It kind of reminds me of, of playing through time, like if you're doing time stories, almost. Mm-hmm where you play through the first time and you're never going to beat it on the first time and then they jump you back in and then they jump you back in again and you know the, the second time you can kind of go a different way and explore sort of different things and unlike time stories it's not exactly the same each time but again you're getting the, the general story beat so by the, the second or third time you're going through a scenario if you didn't beat it the first time you're probably going to be able to do it more efficiently and, and get further the, the later attempts I know some people have complained about the miniature quality. They're, they have a reasonable point. You know, like the tentacles on the star spawn have a lot of flashing on them, so people who are oh, really? you know, really fixed, fixated on that sort of thing may want to get out their knife. I haven't opened my copy yet, so I haven't actually seen that yet. But uh... We should shout out to Barnes & Noble, right? Because that's where you and I both got it. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting now. Like Barnes & Noble, they have serious strategy games, so that's a plus right there. But yeah. they're also, right, they've got the clearance thing where they, you can start to get really good deals. But in this case, they sent out a coupon. And so this was a 40% off any one item. And it, it included the strategy games. And Mansions of Madness is 100 bucks, So it's not cheap. It's 100 bucks retail. Now, back in the day, by which I mean last year, that <laughs> would not have been a huge deal. Because 40% off is not that much more than the online gaming store price. Right. But for the Asmodee slash Asmodee North slash Fantasy Flight things, 40% off is more than the online gaming stores are allowed to do. Absolutely wonderful. So I I had like really been wanting to get Mansions of Madness and the hundred bucks was like, I, I haven't I'd like I you know, I'm I'm like you guys out there, I, I think, or like many of you. I'm skittish about dropping a hundred bucks on something that I have not. I don't think I'm really gonna like. And I had gotten this this truncated demo at Gen Con, but it was very truncated, so it was enough to keep me interested, but not enough to make me go buy it. So when that 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 came, I I snapped it up and was and I've been quite happy. At least not buy it for a hundred dollars. Different people are willing to spend different 
amounts on games. I mean, Lord knows I, I all the things being equal, I greatly prefer getting the same thing for cheaper. I, I mean, just that's just me. Absolutely. But so that is Mansions of Madness Second Edition from Fantasy Flight Games. Great. Recommend definitely recommend trying it out. And so you you you're gonna let me tee you up another one of the hotness games these days. You've got your shiny copy of Terraforming Mars now, right? And I literally mean shiny, right? Some of those resources could blind you if they in the they're in the light just the right way. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I I actually um, picked it up during the kind of uh, two week pre release time. Uh, where uh, Stronghold actually sent out to certain um, friendly local game stores and uh, for two weeks and let them have a copy to sell. And I was on my way back from Tennessee over the weekend, and there's a pretty good game store on the way back into Atlanta. And uh, I dropped in there and was able to pick up a copy right before I think it hit the market, you know. I had it for a whole day or two before it actually had widespread release. Oh, but that means you got you got like the launch promo. Well, they were all out. Oh, sad. But that doesn't mean that I don't have it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that a uh, little bit of that completionist. It's like there's one card out there for this game that I don't have. I must have it. So I do have it now. Well, you're not just getting the cards, right? You were already like, oh, for Christmas, I've totally got to get these overlays for the player boards. And- oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the overlays. That's another discussion. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get um, – there, there's a like another just a vendor that sells some overlays. There's a couple different ones, actually, but I found one that I like that I'm going to get to uh, put on the mats just to hold everything in place. Because it was even the game we played a couple nights ago. Um, someone – Actually, two people kept track of their resources on paper instead of using the mat itself. Huh. I actually found the mat to be pretty functional. But why don't? Well, it's what, so what is Terraforming Mars? Before we get into right. how the player so, mats work. So Terraforming Mars, it's uh, obviously a game from Stronghold Games, and you're doing just that. You're terraforming Mars. So on your turn, you can take one or two actions. And you can uh, play a card from your hand. So this game has two big aspects. Obviously, the board where you're terraforming it, putting, placing tiles, and then you have all of these projects and these cards that are in your hand. And you're using those to either do stuff on the board or get yourself resources or bump up, you know, how many resources you'll get each round to to terraform Mars, you know, later in the game. So you can you can do that. You can do a standard project. Uh, those are another um, actions that are already on the board. Those include things that you can do on your cards, but for a much higher cost. So you can eventually save enough trees. Uh, you know, you have your tree accumulation to you know use eight of those to terraform a space on Mars, or you can pay twenty five credits, twenty three. I'm sorry, twenty three credits, and do that. Same thing for putting out a, a water tile or putting out a city, different things like that. But they're going to cost you more if you use the standard projects on the board. You can do other things like claim milestones, which are at the bottom, and those things go along with what you're using you know, to uh, terraform Mars with, with a gardener or a mayor or a builder, and all these things are you know, how many trees you have on the board. First person to hit three and buy it. You'll get the the credit for it. Three cities and buy it. Builder built uh, ten things. 
they have a couple different ones, and you can also um, buy awards. So you can actually purchase. Uh, you have three chances to purchase an award, one for eight, one for 14, one for 20, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go to you at the end of the game. That's just saying that those three things are going to be scored. So you have Landlord that has the most stuff on the board. You have the Banker, which is producing the most money by the end of the game, stuff like that. So the way the game works is you're doing all this. You're going each round. And during these rounds, you're getting four cards, and you're playing them, and you're working on raising the temperature, uh, raising uh, oxygen, and putting out uh, the the water tiles. And once everything all, everything's all the way up, so all the water tiles are gone, temperature's all the way up, oxygen's up, game ends. That's the last turn, and then that's when you score everything. What I like about it too is that we just added in the uh, corporation cards. That give you a variable, uh, varied player ability right at the beginning. So you're able, so like mine was, I was able to use heat, heat's one of your resources, as money, as credits. I couldn't use credits as heat, but I could use heat as credits. So I was able to buy things a little quicker to put stuff out on the board and to kind of take that route and go with it. So definitely a lot of fun. So far, I've uh, I've played it at two. I can recommend two. I can recommend three. Five was a little long. Definitely a good amount of downtime in between turns. Still fun. Everyone everyone enjoyed themselves at the table. But I think um, sweet spot sweet spots right around three and four on that one. I mean that's pretty standard Eurogame thing. Terraforming Mars does cap the game length, right? There's a certain number of oceans that have to come out, a certain number of temperature increases, a certain number of oxygen level increases. It doesn't matter how many players there are, so the overall game length shouldn't go up that much. Right. Going up to five, but yeah, like you said, it's just it's just more downtime. It's something that the game is doing wrong. It's just you know, you've got you got more people who have to take turns. And it, it gives you interesting decisions because sometimes you'll get these cards that says, you know, the temperature has to be at, you know, like negative 12 plus. You know, they're, they're doing Celsius here. Negative 12 plus. Well, that's about halfway up the chart. If you get that early game, are you going to hang on to that all the way until you can actually use it? Is there some way that you can, you know, manipulate the temperature right then to maybe get it, that card to where you can use it soon? And there's other cards that let you, you know, say plus or minus on the temperature track. So say it's at negative 16, it can go up by four with this card. Okay, now I can play that. Stuff like that's a lot of fun. I really liked the the flavor, I guess, on what the cards right. were. I especially liked the uh, the, the space events. Like that, I have to admit, it was, I, I think my most fun moment of terraforming Mars was getting to knock a moon out of orbit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna drop this rock here, and then the temperature's gonna go up, and then this is gonna. Yeah, it cost me a lot, but it was. What was the flavor text on the card? We weren't using that moon anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it it's really good. That was even a comment a couple of nights ago. Was Josh was saying that he really liked the, the flavor of the game. Like you actually felt like what. You know, what the card said is what you were doing. Okay, I'm playing this card. Here's what I'm paying to do that. And here's what I'm doing on the board or what I'm doing in the game. And it wasn't just mechanics for mechanics sake or flavor for flavor sake. It actually, they, they, they marry very, very well. Yeah. And a lot of the things that you're 
like you mentioned, with their, they'll vary based on the oxygen content or the temperature. It's, the, the, I think the animal life, the animals and plants for the biggest things like that, right? Like you've got some archaeobacteria that you have to introduce them when it's really, really cold or else it doesn't right. work. But then, right, you can't introduce fish <laughs> Absolutely until it's warm enough for fish to actually exist and there's actually enough water on the, right. the board. And then you can't introduce house pets until right there, you know, it's warm enough. And then you can't introduce bears to eat the house pets. I'm, I'm sorry, did I, bad memories? <laughs> yeah, no? well, we, well, we actually figured out we might have played that a little wrong. Is actually we went and found that card because it was uh, Matt was bringing that back up like Matt does. The pets of the bears. Yeah, the pets and the bears, and uh, we went and found the pet card, and actually on the pet card it says cannot be eaten. But I, I had when we were playing, we uh, I had covered it up because I had it stacked, so I, I had covered up that part. Well, that that is your fault. I. It I is. cannot go and read every one of your cards to make no. sure it doesn't have a restriction on it whenever no. Matt tries to eat your pets. No, he he was quite happy. He he brought that up a lot. He was hoping for that card, but it was at the very bottom actually this time. So he did not get the eat my pets this time. Uh, yeah, and you write there's there's enough projects that you do not you don't even do you even play with all the projects every game. We did actually in the five player okay. game. We went through the whole thing. We okay. went through the entire deck, but it was it was right towards the end, and that's with all like it comes with a quote expansion that you can pull out and then add in later. And we added every, it was, we played with everything we played. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's a little package of slightly more complicated projects, right? And, and two more project, like, like, uh, two corporations. Right. Yeah. You get dealt two corporations at the beginning. You pick one and that gives you your beginning resources. And I'm trying to remember what Z had. Well, no, no, but there were two, the, Two of the you can play with the corporations in the standard game, but two of the corporations were specifically attached to whatever that, like the quote-unquote expansion was, right? Oh yeah, I mean they're in there as quote more complicated, but I w- don't say it's that much more complicated. We had to look up one card. Well, you know, we we also have a group of people who's played an awful lot of games. I mean that yeah. they're not the only one to do that. I just played. No, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I just played Tournay, actually, for the first time last right. night with my wife, and that had that exact same sort of thing. There was like a package of another 18 cards that it's like, you don't play with these ones on your first time through. Agricola has whole decks of things you don't play That's with the true. first time you play. That's true. No, the, it was, they were super fun. That was the first time I got to play with the, the extra stuff, and uh, they they add. They're good. I like them. I want it all. <laughs> Whatever this game comes out with from here on forth, I'm going to get it so i can hear bonacore's ego inflating from here oh <laughs> it has been said this is probably his best game he's ever come out with so i guess if you if it's going to be on any game let's be this one hmm i'll have to think about that <laughs> well i really like core worlds anyhow so that's uh terraforming mars from stronghold games now, my, my, my last game of the day is much, much, much smaller. It would have a hard time being different in size from Mansions of Madness. <laughs> and that is, well, it, it could be more, like Love Letters, even smaller, right? So there are smaller ones. but That's true. Valley of the Kings, Last Rites, it's, in, uh, it's from Alderac, and it's in one of these standard little tiny box 
things like with enough room in it for two stacks of cards, basically. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, because it's the third iteration. You had Value of the Kings, you had Value of the Kings Afterlife, this is Value of the Kings Last Rites. Uh, they've basically come out once a year. This is the, the third one. They've all been great, so it's not something new that this one is great too, but it comes with a... So, I guess if you've never played Value of the Kings before, it is a tiny little deck builder, and... You are a an Egyptian pharaoh, and right, you're building your tomb, and the phrase that I've always liked to use with it is, he who dies with the most toys win. Because you will add cards to your deck, but the cards in your deck are worthless at the end of the game. What's worth something at the end of the game is the cards in your tomb. So you acquire these cards, and then at some point you have to start shoving your cards into your tomb so that you can actually get points for them, but of course at that point you can't use them anymore. And when you're acquiring cards, there's like a pyramid of cards that's available, and you can only buy off of the bottom row, but when you get something off the bottom row, then they crumble down. The cards crumble down from higher up. Got it. And it's it's got a little clever different actions. The whole tombing thing makes it play significantly different from, differently from most other deck builders, especially near the end of the game. If you have played Valley of the Kings before, the biggest thing that Last Rites does differently is that it's got an entirely different set of starting cards as compared to Valley of the Kings and Afterlife both had the same. And so you have a, a different option for the starting deck for the player now. You actually potentially could can mix things, right? So you could people could have their choice of which kind of starting deck cards they want. Uh... And you could, if you wanted, mix, you know, mix different sets together to make, like, giant pyramids of cards or a more varied pyramids of cards. Like, take every, almost all of the cards, two copies of each of them appear in each of the games. And so, like, you could mix two and have the same number of cards in the same flow, but now there's twice as many different cards in one given game. If you have not played Valley of the Kings at all, I would still recommend the original one as having the best card selection, and then Last Rites is the second, but I think they're all I think they're all really good. So I haven't played this one with you, right, Chris? No, this is definitely uh it's been on my two play for a while. Um I don't own it myself, but I have been wanting to play it for a while. I've heard a lot of good things about it, so been wanting to get it to the table. Yeah. Well, you know, you stop working so much. Hey, come play games. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that whole job, living. Yeah, yeah. Children. Yeah. Yeah. All that. The little things, the little things. Yeah, speaking of which, my my son is is, uh, spending his first night in uh, the, quote, big boy room. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Right, uh, you have number two. Very on the way, and I guess you're very soon on the way. And now, uh, so number one is is like moving to a different room. Yeah, he's moving to the different room. Got his bed built. He's in there tonight. So this is the first time, you know, without uh, constricting uh, crib walls around him. So yeah, I don't think I don't think we even thought about that. We just our older one just stayed in the same room. He did graduate, you know, from the right. the crib so that the crib could go in the other room. And we made sure to do, yeah, we we made sure to do that. I, th- I think we did that shortly after Katie got pregnant the second time. 
we really wanted to like make it like it's a big positive thing, right? That you're getting, yeah, like you said, graduating. You get you get to go up to the big bag now. It's it's right. totally not your little sister just stole your bed, because uh, sure. that doesn't end well. <laughs> no, we just wanted to keep the baby's room, the baby's room, and all that particular stuff in there. So that's why we kind of moved him over to another room and got it going. So that's what primarily most of my day has been spending doing. Sounds fun. Oh yeah. So there you go. Three awesome games. We were, uh, uh, we, I, I personally, and I guess we collectively recommend all the things: Mansions of Madness, Terraforming Mars, Valley of the Kings. Absolutely. Now uh, there you go. You have been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there or on iTunes. We always appreciate it if you leave us a rating or review on iTunes. That helps other people discover the show. You can say hi on your usual social media locations. We are at Strange Assembly on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Strange Assembly. I always like to hear from our, our listeners and readers directly. So you can email me. I'm Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. Sorry, Sync. Chris at StrangeAssembly.com is me, not you. Just get over it. Okay? Get over okay, it. Okay, I guess. You might have been the creator. Okay. <laughs> so for Chris Sink, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.